0: How's it going folks, welcome to another episode of the Lean with Dean podcast. I'm your host Dean and today, I have quite the treat for you. Here we are looking at episode 17, I believe, and we have none other than Ben Hart, I'm gonna butcher his second name, but my coach Benji um, from the My Coach School. If you're familiar with Instagram and online coaching, chances are you've come across this lad or his missus or their program slash coaching company that they run together at My Coach School. Brilliant lad, great fella, And um, really enjoyed this chat. And we covered pretty much everything we discussed his early days into training, um, bodybuilding, kind of competing, and then we kind of touched on eating disorders as well as it was National Eating Disorder Week last week. And it's something that Ben did bring up and it's something that has caused me to go ahead and look within and kind of be more attuned to my clients and how they're going on with their diets and kind of trying to decipher, is this healthy, is this unhealthy relationship with food? Um, I hope you enjoyed this one guys and as always make sure to reach out on Instagram and Facebook if needs to be and always always make sure to subscribe and hit us a little cheeky five-star review over on Apple's the Apple podcast platform because it does help with the algorithm and enjoy this episode big bad Benji what's the crack mate hello say how are we all good in the hood firstly my man right obviously I've done a little like standard boring intro well, there's nothing boring about you, but uh, <laughs> ch- cheers mate for kind of jumping on and kind of giving us no, uh, having a chinwag, even though it's a red and a blue kind of chatting, but it's all love. It's all We'll love. try and
1: keep, we'll try and keep uh, the hostility out of it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh, mate, for anyone who's listening, this is such a generic thing to say, for anyone who lives under a rock um,
1: and you have 30 seconds to tell them who you are, who are you? So I am, my, my real name is Ben Halden. I think a lot of people know me as Mike H. Benji. Um, so that probably, it's like pissing in the wind when I tell them the real name, like who who the fuck are you? But (laughs) I am a, I'm an online coach. Um, I work as part of the duo with Lucy Davis, who's my, who's my better half. We run the micro school together, uh, which is is pretty much a glorified online personal training platform where we've got like 37,000 members. We run a podcast in the UK called the not so thick couple. Um, and I'm on most social medias as my coach Benji, Instagram. YouTube just adopted TikTok last week, sort of getting my face on there a little bit. And then also just jumped onto Club and so trying to try not to spread my butter too thin across that toast. But um yeah, that's <laughs> me, that's me in a nutshell. Yeah, mate, kind of the
0: thing like I, I first came across yourself, mate, because of as a my coach. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I was like, because everything, every every decent app out there it seems to be have my before it like whether it's my protein, my PT Hub, or my coach and um i was like jesus christ this is it's what a lot of people do and need like kind it's just good education good kind of clearing the bullshit from the industry
1: i think i don't even know where the the name name first come from because i started the brand like four years ago was, i think it was before a lot of like the my stuff started coming out it was around the same time and then yeah. loads of people started using it. i think it's because it's it's bringing that person personalized kind of feel to to a brand that you're doing but yeah it seems to become more and more um apparent yeah and like like how, how did the semi like um well you just like just pissed off with the
0: fact that you couldn't like help as many people as possible like you know give as much of yourself you know what i
1: mean um so in like, regards right, to the way that i set the business up
0: yeah 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 like what, what kind of that? i
1: thought well i was on the gym floor um i think that's where any any good personal trainer starts versus yeah. is, is by working with people on the gym floor so you can get that feel for working with clients and b- building that rapport and then i started I moved online like four, five years ago. Um, and that's where like, I was like, okay, I need a brand now rather than just being me. Uh, so that's where like the kind of my thing came from. And then not long after that, Lucy <laughs> Lucy came out and did work experience with me for um, the, the brand that I was built in town. She was at uni doing a business degree. Very good. And then pretty much after the 12-week um like internship, I suppose you call it. I just couldn't get rid of her, basically. So she, um, she looked <laughs> around, and she ended up becoming a better half. And then that's where we created like something that we were looking for, where we could reach more people. Um, mm-hmm. a where the platform would be able to motivate people, inspire people, be able to educate people. Um, with a with a larger reach. Um, than just doing the one to one stuff, which I love doing. I love working on people on a one to one basis, but we wanted to try and be able to reach more people and educate more people, especially with with the amount of shit that was in the industry at the time yeah. that's when the micro school came about um, and that's where like our membership platform kind of spiraled from um, and where so, we upload all content to basically and do you still take
0: on um, one-to-one clients anyway, or is it mainly still the membership kind of stuff
1: yeah I still do one-to-one clients I just um I've cut it right back so I used to take like quite a lot big number on i don't advertise it anymore on on like socials well rarely i'll put like the odd story up every now and again but it's usually just to plug them to my email list mm. and then um i'll open up the one-to-one slots via my email list and that's pretty much the only way that you can you can jump into the one-to-one stuff so savage how long were you on the floor mate i was on the floor four but, but the way i did it i used to wear for the police what? um yeah did I? Did you not know that no no were you were you were you a copper like i, I so, going way back now i i went to uni and did criminology and psychology degree and so, then i did like three years as a special so they like three years voluntary whilst i was doing my degree and then i went into work um in cheshire as a piece of soap like two years and whilst i was doing that i started PTing, so i was pting on the gym floor long so that because we're doing like shift works to do like you could do like three days on and, and some weeks i have like three days off four days off and I'd, um, I'd slam a load of hours in the gym then or go in like after after shift work and stuff. So I was doing, I did a lot of my PT from like a, it was a, it was a weird style of gym. It was like a hotel gym. So it's a yeah. little bit different type of clientele to like your normal, big like pure gyms and stuff like that, I suppose. And uh, So I was on the gym floor there for like two years. And then I was building up a clientele, but then also doing some stuff on the side online, supporting clients in that way. And then kind of like do you know what fuck it i've got enough clients to be able to ditch the police because i hated doing it um, and <laughs> was it the shift work was it to be honest mate do you know what it was and a lot of people say this like the police are one because i met some people some of the worst people in life in the police i met some of the best people but as some well of the, yeah. worst, the worst people as well in regards to it wasn't the sh- this, some of the people that you're dealing with on a day-to-day basis it was the people you were dealing with in the office uh, um and i met like a lot of a lot of the people were talk about like people going to police are like, they just want power and they want to be able to establish authority over people. And you do meet some of those people. Mm. Um, I met some horrible people in there um, who I was like, I don't, I, I don't want to be around these people. It was very negative, very toxic environment. I was like, fuck it. I'd rather yeah. do the thing that I really enjoy doing rather than trying to pursue this for another 30 years. So again, I was, I was in the police cause I enjoyed helping <laughs> people. So it was, it was a similar transition to, to come into the fitness industry and, and help people in a slightly different way. Yeah. And um, so that's when I slowly moved online after that two year, Period of kind of doing the police and PT face to face, well, just slammed. (laughs) oh for sure you may. I say you're wrecked. Cause um,
0: like I know this is how kind of like online kind of developed for me. Like, and I I know it has for a lot of online coaches. Yeah, you have that client who you're training in person for whatever amount of time, and they move
1: abroad and they ask you like, "Hey, can you still coach me abroad?" Yeah, Sam. Yeah, I think I've had that with a couple people. I had a couple people just moved like to different parts of the UK. Um, I feel that's probably happened. I would imagine so a lot for people who um, during, I know we'll probably go into it as well. Like during COVID, I'd imagine that's probably happened for a lot of people. I mm-hmm. think I like guess probably give people a nudge that they maybe wanted in regards to moving more online. And probably a lot of their clients still wanted that accountability that they were maybe getting in the gym, but now they're just offering it in a different way.
0: Yeah. No, and, and... It's one of those things. Like I say to young coaches, like I say, young not in reference of age, like kind of just like coming into the industry. It's like get your time on the floor first, yeah, because it's so it's so important. Like kind of like whether, whether it's an exercise cue or it's just with like talking to somebody. Like yeah. these nine, nine, nineteen year old or fresh out of college um,
1: experts is um, hard to find. I think um I think that's not the problem now is that everyone gets pushed with this like i know you've probably heard that book as well the four-hour work week i think it was from tim Ferriss, and everyone sees it's like oh the laptop life go and work in dubai and sit on the beach and do my programming mm. but i don't think people realize how difficult it is at first to get going with stuff and if you do your time in the gym floor first it obviously teaches you a lot in regards to your knowledge but it, it also helps you build up and um, like a portfolio of results that you can then show other people online and you have some content to publish publish anyway from being on the gym floor so i think always even with covid that's going on now i think the, the fitness industry will um slowly go back to the place it was maybe not straight away and it'll take a little time to scale but people will still be using pts on the gym floor and mm-hmm. i still feel like it's a great place like i was looking at some stats the other day and i know it's probably slightly out but i think in the uk i think the stat was is just under fourteen thousand personal trainers who are qualified i'm sure there's probably more than that with on online and some of the fraudsters and stuff but, and then there's like i can't remember what the population of the uk is however many millions so there's enough clients to go around no, there's like 5.7 million people in the uk have got gym memberships that was it so wow. there's enough clients for people to go around for people to be able to have a portion of the pie so i'm sure that kind of retention will come back for people to be able to work on the gym floor and build up a client basis still and even at that like kind of for any obviously a pt
0: who isn't like a, you don't need a million clients
1: I think that's the I think that's the thing with PTs though. They some, some PTs, sorry, not all PTs, is yeah, that yeah. they get very competitive with stuff and they like oh, they're taking my clients. It's like there's so there's there's so many clients to go around. You don't need to worry about people stealing people and whatever. And if you're doing a good job with the current clients that you get, the, the best thing is wear the mouth, and they'll yeah. pass it on to other people. And that's why I, I've got a lot of my clientele and members from is just through through um word of mouth and people passing the message on. I'm sure yeah. you probably have as well. Same as me, and the thing I found is, um, kind of as
0: we're all we're all pushing for a oh, monster, we're all pushing for health. Like we're all pushing for health, so whether it is with me or with someone else, like kind of that ends up helping, like Mary Muffin Top or Beer Belly Barry. Like kind of, yeah.
1: Once we're helping A and B, like kind of, that's all that matters. Hundred percent, mate. I, I, I think if you go in with that approach, and it's obviously what a lot of people miss at first, because I think. Some people go in for like, oh, it's just going to be financial gain. I think you've got to really, really have a desire to want to help people. And people will see that. And people can see straight through people who are the opposite way as well. Mm-hmm. And people are just in it for the financial. And if you're really in it just to help people, you'll, get, you'll help people get great results. And as a byproduct of that, your your brand will just build, your message will build, the results that will, will come in. And again, that that word of mouth will, will kind of transpire through throughout your your local kind of community, I suppose.
0: Yeah, big time. <clears throat> did you um? Did you find kind of back when you're a or a PT slash copper, and when you're in those early stages, like working the gym floor, mate? How guarded the fitness industry can be, like me versus it is what me versus you, because it's something that I found like since like March last year, like kind of with kind of networking and kind of chatting with other PTs, I've made more friends in the fitness industry in the last twelve months than I have in the last
1: ten years. Yeah, it's mad. I was speaking about this a while ago, and I think. There is um, that sort of, with some PTs, anyway, I'll I'll tell you you a little bit about how I ran into the scenario. Obviously, I started off in a gym, which was, um, there's only like me and one other person in there, because it was a small hotel gym. So it wasn't kind of like walking into a big commercial gym where you've got loads of different PTs. But I get it very much so at the moment with being online. Um, if I go into the gym and film and stuff, a lot of the P- some of the PTs get very, very shitty. And we've at, me and Lucy had like a, um, a bit of an argument on, online with with someone, cause he was commenting on some of the stuff that we'd recorded in, in the gym. And then the gym ended up apologizing to us and blah, 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 blah. And it's again, that competitive element of stuff that where we, we don't even work on the gym floor. So we're not going to take any of your clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's then the other side of things like we'll sometimes go into gyms and you'll speak to pts who like couldn't be like any more friendly and they're the kind of people who you know looking straight away you're going to pick up more clients because you're open um to speak to other people you're willing to kind of like go the extra mile to speak to them be friendly and they're the types of people who people buy people at the end of the day so if you're that kind of person straight away you're going to do you're going to do a lot better but there is that massive element like everyone everyone thinks it's like one one for all and it's 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 me against you and it's not if you can if you can come in and collaborate with people and and be friendly with people you're going to build your brand a lot more than rather than thinking that everyone's against you and i think people think it's like that cancel culture if someone else is doing better then you're going to be doing worse it's, it's not like that i think it's, it's a weird approach i'm sure you've probably seen it a lot yourself as well
0: yeah for sure mate like even a little bit guarded when you send like message like i sent to yourself or just even a text to somebody it's like no i'm not interested not interested whether it's a, an Instagram live kind of Q and A, like where you go tandem style on it, or it's a like a podcast. Like some are guarded, but then you see the other ones that are more approachable, more outgoing. It's like, yeah,
1: cool. I'm, I'm, I'm go for that. Even just connecting and having an interesting conversation. I think that's a, it probably been the good thing from COVID is that it's it's made more people connect because we all sorts of like social people. Well, we are social beings in general. And we have that drive to be to be social. So I think it's made people connect in different ways, which is obviously. Um, great and I love I love having a chit chat that's why I like podcasts I think it's great um, whereas some people probably just are a bit nervous with some stuff as well and will be a bit more reserved a bit more guarded There's there's got to be some degree there where like you've just got to put yourself out there and take action with stuff if you want to get in amongst it and you've got to yeah. like be, be uncomfortable because um, not, not everyone's I'm certainly not like um, an extrovert, but I'm Sam. not an introvert either. But I think if you are introverted, especially as a PT, it's it is difficult, no doubt. But you've got to just take action, and that co- that confidence will come. I think if you're waiting for confidence to slap you in the face, you're going to be waiting a while. So if you take action, that's where you'll you'll start to build some confidence and be able to speak to people. Like I was, um, I mean, I don't know. You might you might get. I I I um, I really like the Irish accent, but um you'll probably get some people who won't. Understand you as much, especially when you're speaking on like podcasts and other stuff, mate. People think I'm I'm just speaking gibberish most of the time, and I have to really think about the way that I speak because people just don't understand what I'm saying. So then that's the other thing is when you get nervous, your accent takes over even more, and you start to ramble really, really quickly. Well, mine's the exact same, and I don't know about
0: you, but when you're when you're listening to a podcast when you consume the content, do you speed up the the
1: speed? When I'm listening to something, yeah, like audio books and stuff, yeah. I have done before, and then it depends what I'm doing. Because when I'm out on a walk, and sometimes I've been on my phone, I've sped stuff up. It'll just sometimes go in one ear, out the other. Right. So it it depends what sort of content it is, and like how much I have to really focus on, like listening to it. Why is that? What you do?
0: No, no, like so. That's what I do with like any of my content I listen to. Like, if it's a well spoken lad or it's like, whether he's British, Irish, not really Irish because of what I'm going to get to, or mm-hmm. Yank, like the content can be sped up because you're still very, um, the acoustics are still decent you can understand them. Yeah. Now, if you talk in a, like, a proper Irish accent and you talk fairly quickly, like I do, or in your case, a Liverpoolian accent, like you can't listen to that at anything
1: over one. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds gibberish at the best most people are probably slowing it down mate to be honest so yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of people when I first meet them think I'm Irish I don't know a lot of Americans do anyway I think they just yeah. can't put two and two together with the the variance in in accent
0: yeah they, they, they are they are similar and different at both at the same time well, yeah. or else it's just the fact that you can't understand either so, so. <laughs> I think mean, that's 100%. what it
1: probably is just tear them with the same bloody rush mate yeah 100%, 100%. Can we do that so
0: if like obviously someone's listening to this, they've taken out their phone and they've searched uh, my coach Benji and they've seen that you're an absolute hench lad. Have you yeah. always always been a hench lad?
1: No, I, mean, I think I put a post up maybe it might have been um when was it? It's probably like two years ago now. I'll probably put it up again at some point because it usually bangs. Um <laughs> it's when I was when I was proper proper skinny. I, I used to play football a lot, um, up until about the age of sixteen. So I was always like pencil stick thin, like mm-hmm. piss, piss sweat froze, probably like eight or nine stone. Um, so I've always been really skinny. skinny. So like genetically, I'm very skinny as well. And I was one of those kids that when I first started like training and, and like bodybuilding and stuff, I just had to nail the shit out of food all the time. Like I'm talking like just cramming pizzas in. Like my dinner when I was in um college, so this was probably like age 17, was literally, I'd have one whole roast chicken and two liters of milkshake jesus it was, like, it was like protein and fat overload i was just like this is the most bro shit ever but i'm yeah. fucking getting it in <laughs> yeah. and that was like i had to do that to, i had to force feed myself because i was so skinny and it was probably only like as i got into my 20s maybe i just epped through it or metabolic rate started slowing down a little bit and i started to develop a little bit more and my, t- my natural testosterone levels were probably a little bit higher i started to develop some tissue and probably as well as just, i probably started training properly as well yeah um so then from there I just like I got into the love of like training. I got into bodybuilding a little bit, slowly came away from that a little bit. Um and I've just always enjoyed enjoyed training. I've like dabbled in CrossFit a little bit before, did it for like twelve months. I took some of it away from it into my own training. And then more recently, I think the more and more I've trained now, the more I've got into like some more of like what you call it like the bro style training, just because I was getting injured quite a lot doing other stuff and I've just started to enjoy it again, especially with home training and stuff. So um yeah, I suppose the answer to your question. I was I've always been a really genetically skinny skinny yeah. guy and played a lot of sports same as mate like i think i have a photograph there in my <clears throat> in my
0: phone there same as 16 seventeen years of age like like a shrink streak of piss like nothing on it like i mean i'm looking at i'm looking at my legs and i have my shin guards are wider than my knee or like my <laughs> my, my quad and my calf are the same width like same you know? length yeah yeah oh mate And yeah. like my like, let's be honest my calves aren't much wider now um but like I, i've gone since lockdown i'm doing some conditioning stuff. But I'm mainly doing a lot of bodybuilding stuff, trying to like kind of whether it's BFR stuff, um, really kind of TUT folk time and attention focused. Stuff yeah, like.
1: I think that's the best thing to do because obviously people don't have a lot of kit at home and don't have a lot of load. And I think that's the thing with like a lot of people, especially when the question comes up of like how do I make my training harder or how do I make my training more advanced, it's just mastering the basics. Mm-hmm. I think that's one thing, especially that I've been working with clients is, like it's just um. The execution of exercises, I think, when people probably go back to the gym, they'll probably learn a lot about exercise execution mm-hmm. just because you have to be so thorough with it at home because you don't have the load to use and you probably have to drop back a little bit, slow the tempo down, spend more time with the tension, really mastering those movements. So, I think, in some regards, home training's probably helped a lot of people, yeah, definitely. And really kind
0: of like dotted the eyes and crossed the tears. A lot of my guys 100%. now, um, with lockdown one, I think, when we went when we reopened the gym, like after that, because I own the gym, as that me? and when we reopened it all of my guys were way stronger after lockdown one yeah. now the the conditioner was in the toilet and they'll say it, they'll say it themselves um the condition was in the jacks but like strength wise like and as far as like muscle density and tonnage, tonnage, um like like right on there
1: i think that's a thing and that's what I, what I advise a lot of people was like try i know it's difficult from a psychological perspective from a lot of times it's something that i struggled with in lockdown one is is trying not to focus too much on like conditioning and being in a calorie deficit especially at the moment because you don't have as much load to play with like the thing that you want to be trying to do is maintain the tissue that you've got Preferably try and build a little bit, and just not worry too much about your body fat. Because I think that people get too caught up on about it. It's going to put them in a, a really bad mental place. Um, yeah. so I've been pushing really people to try and get like as close to maintenance of calories and stuff as possible as they can. Kind of cruising in that for a little bit. I know that um for a lot of people they kind of I don't you may have seen it with clients uh, yourself as well, mate. Is that some struggle, especially being like calorie deficit for, for a long periods of time to bring the calories up to like a maintenance point. Mm. Um, I think that's probably as well just because the word maintenance isn't like particularly sexy as well
0: no it's it's, camp- it's almost perceived to be negative isn't it
1: yeah and it's almost like i think of like well i'm maintaining i'm not i'm not getting any better i'm just maintaining so i think like that sort of phrase just needs to be almost like i don't know like rephrase or people just need to learn some of the benefits of being in like a maintenance calorie intake um from like health markers perspective and what you can do and what you can do performance sleep and hormone balance and, and and a lot more people will kind of cruise along with that and they'll probably get a bit more out of the training from being there as well
0: yeah i, I definitely i got a, a girl kind of come on with me now today and she put her calories in the jacks like she put her calories totally into the bin 800 calories a day and wondering why she's tired stressed exhausted sleep is in bits skin is in bits and we just we got to the bottom of
1: it i was like what's the crack it's like oh calories at 800 i was like what do you what do you mean your calories 800 a day I think that's another thing that just comes from like things in the media and social media. I'm sure she's probably, like, when you're working with her, she'll probably have some points from like a psychological point of view where it'll be difficult for her to to first get her calories up. And then once you get her up there with that's your so support, support from you, she'll probably feel amazing from her.
0: Yeah. So the thing that, the thing that we have the advantage over you guys now, obviously, is um, internet is a pain in the ass as well. But we don't, we have um, slightly better news stations and slightly sus- sl- slightly less suspect articles that get released p- p- from a certain uh, a certain online newspaper.
1: Yeah, I think I can know which one you're referring to.
0: There's <laughs> <laughs> uh, not a screenshot and a kind of like, oh, here we go again.
1: I think that's the thing with other stuff as well. Like newspapers, like to they know what they're putting out and then they know that certain individuals will cherry pick pieces of information and certain pieces of data and publish it to back their personal narrative, which is what creates like, oh, it must be fucking true because he's said it is, and this person's back there, so it, it causes a lot of confusion, especially, I think, in the fitness industry, especially with, like, things like COVID. I think there was one of them the other day that was published by this newspaper. Um, yeah. Newspaper who shall not be named for legal yeah. reasons. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was talking about um, the population that is obese, um, about the Pfizer vaccine it was, I think, not working as sufficiently as, as it would with other people. I think
0: I've seen this one, yeah.
1: I think it was something to do... I don't know if it was something to do with insulin. Um, but the study was actually only done on like 248 people. So obviously, it wasn't a very big study. And the same people who I saw like pushing out and like talking about it were the people who was talking about this, the first studies that came out to do with the vaccine, that the vaccine wasn't working. And they were saying, look, the vaccine doesn't work. And that was done like four... No, saying it was working. That was done like 4,000 people. And they were saying that that wasn't enough to be able to take the data from, but like they were pushing them on two hundred and forty. So that's like just a, I think like people cherry picking shit of like, which yeah. doesn't, which just back to their personal narrative or stuff. So I think yeah. we have gotta be careful with the media, especially like the influence it has on people in the industry.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of confirmation bias out there. Like uh, when you when you see something that, as you said, like fits your own narrative, if you believe that carbs that carbs make you fat, and you see one article, you're gonna run with that article.
1: Hundred percent, mate. I think especially new people who come into the fitness industry as well, like obviously a way more influence especially um by certain individuals in the industry as well who look a certain way or people who have like a massive platform and i think that's like part of the problem is that um they'll just look at these people of people of influence and believe whatever they're saying is is um is the warranted truth and that's where like i'm sure you probably do the same as well now and i notice it quite a lot is that a lot of the clients or members that i'll tend to work with we we end up at the starting point I'm trying to undo a lot of the damage that was first done and trying to undo that bullshit knowledge and you'll get questions which are just like so fad and myth based that they've obviously picked up for me but other coaches or other people of influence online and as like fitness professionals we end up now having to like undo and and undo bad habits that have put been put there previously and we know how much more difficult it is to unpick bad habits rather than build new yeah. ones and good ones. So I think we spend a lot of our time now now doing that.
0: Yeah, no, and it's 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 teaching a client how to unlearn all the misinformation that has been out there, and they, they they've more likely kind of fall victim to. And um, that actually, what you said there about habit, that kind of brings me a nice segue into a tiny little challenge that like yourself and Lucius ran last week.
1: The, the um yeah. the, the event? Do you mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. The was it a five day habit?
1: Yeah, the the myth of motivation event.
0: Yeah, how that go, mate?
1: Yeah, it was really good. Like we've done a couple of those now. So I think the f- the first one we did was just like a general called health as well for, and that's when we had like a load, that was a fucking ball like, to organize that. We had like a load of people. On, I think like the first couple of days are like Bradley Simmons, Ryan Terry, Elliot B. Fit was on it. Uh, James Please. Smith, Darren was on it. um Paul Mort was on it. Jamie who? Alden was on it. Sonny Webster was on it. Um, we had like loads of different people and we were all doing like sessions and that was like a full week event. So I was knackered after doing that. Cause a lot of them were like some of the different workout stuff and some of them were chit chat, some of them were yoga. That was really good. Um, I think that helped a lot of people. And then we ran the habit event after that. And then we just did the mo- motivation event last week. Yeah. I think, I think that helped a lot of people. I think at the moment where we're in this like over lockdown again and people like just pissed off with stuff and they're really finding it hard to be, to be motivated at home. Um, I think that probably helped a lot of people just kind of like create self-motivation and, and understand the difference, what motivation really is and how you conjure it by, it, it's really simple. You just take an action with stuff. Mm-hmm. I think if you're always waiting around for something to happen, then you're never going to be motivated. You have to just take imperfect action. Like, you know, with with, with work, with fitness, with, with social, whatever it is, you just need to, to do stuff, fuck it up and, and have another go at it. Because otherwise you just keep waiting and waiting and waiting and stuff stuff never happens. I think that was the basics of it, but obviously we went over a lot of other stuff in the event and it was um it was good. It was good to see some people like kind of obviously take things from it and take little nuggets of information and apply it to their own life as well. Yeah, and and, and that's all it was about. Like I run those little challenges myself, mate.
0: And it's nearly kind of trying to arm the client and trying to arm Joe Blogs and Mary Mary Chambers. Uh, why don't say Mary Charms? Uh, <laughs> that? that's a, a politician or something. Um, so it's basically just to arm them with as much information as possible so that when gyms reopen, like I know you guys are lucky enough to kind of go ahead and get that now, and we're probably next bloody year at this rate,
1: right? yeah. We, I think but, it was the 12th of April. Have you had any rumors about no, nah.
0: nothing, mate? Like we're still in full, still in full it down.
1: Um, I'm thinking just after the May bank holiday, that's when you might get a maybe yeah because i think you had like another definitive like nine weeks was it of definite lockdown so yeah man because well you probably have a
0: few clients from uh, ireland that are probably sick to death of fucking bands and
1: tins of beans that's that's the thing from like a coaching perspective as well it's keeping on top of like where everyone's from and what like what they've um they're doing and what they've they've got available because i've got like quite a lot of american clients who have just been like literally just They've had the gym all the way through and not once lost lost it, which is obviously great for them. But it's a different world over there. Yeah, it's that mate Unless they're in, uh, is it California? California is really strict. Yeah, California is really, really strict. strict.
0: They haven't they haven't had a gym in over a year now.
1: Yeah, it's madness. mate how do open over there? Because I am um, I'm a bit of a Disney fanatic as well, so I keep an eye on. Like I literally make every Sunday, sit down in the morning, have me brew, and I watch the Disney news. Um, the disney news mate there's a there's a channel called like dfb guide honestly and there's a weekly roundup on the news that's that's that takes priority like bbc and TV news and telling you every every sunday and i'll watch it and i've always there's like there's a disney park in california as well mate and there's no sniff of that even opening whereas the one in florida it's just like 100 capacity open all shows and stuff are on do whatever the fuck you want crack on so it's um it's interesting to seeing what's over then. I think there's just been an announcement this week in regards to some states like Texas, Louisiana, uh Michigan, where like they're mask free and stuff now. Oh, fantastic. Because they are almost America's almost like, like mini countries it, in it inside of America. And they I think um the governors can make decisions like that. So even though yeah. Joe Biden's kind of like advised against it, they've gone, nah, fuck it. We're just gonna we're just gonna crack on.
0: We're gonna crack on. Did yeah. you ever end? Uh, this is a complete segue and not, nothing to do with what we're talking about? Google after this, mate, right? Your birthday. So the day that you were born, mm-hmm. a date, excuse me, and a Florida man. So there's no... The man. Flo- Florida Florida man. Florida man. Or like for Lewis, Florida woman. Because um, it'll be like, it dates, Like I think on my, de- on my uh, date of birth, a man arrested for unleashing an alligator into a shopping thing. It's just a random crime or something that happened on your day and it's always a Florida man. Or a That's Florida cool. woman. It's hilarious. And let me know what comes up afterwards. Fuck it, we'll do it now. Yeah, go on, give it a go. Actually, I'll tell you. I'll get mine. Florida man. Florida man, and then your uh, your date of birth. Or your evening. It's like
1: some mad search engine, is it? Oh, no, it's, not, it's just basic Google. And I'm just going to give you a news should report. So you have to put put like 30, 10. Yeah. Florida man. And do you know what the website's called? <laughs> No, it's just uh, so I, I've got a news
0: report, so it's just a random news report, mate, that comes up at the top. Whatever your first Google thing is, uh, I, I have a good one here from for me. <laughs> <laughs> so on the 6th of October, um, this is 2016, right? Florida man interrupts Hurricane Matthew live, uh, TV report to yell dick's out for Harambe. <laughs> <laughs> <I've got laughs> to- <right> <laughs>
1: I've got two different ones here. I've got one's man convicted in nineteen ninety one, North Tampa double murder. He's set to die next month. And then the other one was Florida Man hit dad in the face with pizza after learning. He helped deliver him.
0: <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. <laughs> I, 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 I came across that last year and I could not stop laughing. I was like, dick's out for Harambe. I like those random little facts. Yeah, they're class. There's um total random tangent there, mate. But um I'm well I'm well jealous of you just getting the gym to kind of reopen now. Are you looking forward to
1: it? I can't wait, mate. Do you know what? We um we were speaking, I me and Lucy were speaking do the other day on a podcast um but like the future <clears> of fitness <throat> and the use of gyms in the future. I still I don't think it'll be like will go will open up and it'll be like a massive flux. I think uh, um you'll probably get like the hardcore who will go straight back. And then you'll get a lot of people who I think will continue just to train at home for a little while and put the feelers up, maybe go once every now and again. And then I think you'll probably get those people who are maybe prior to lockdown were anxious and stuff about going in gyms anyway, who may just not go back. I know even Lucy's talking about doing a couple of days at home and doing a couple of days at the gym, and she I, she's someone that I would class as like a hardcore gym goer. Yeah. Um I think just because the setup that we've got, I especially so. for her, she can do most of the stuff. I mean, it's not a massive space, but there's not a lot of stuff that I wouldn't I would probably add to what to what we've got that we couldn't really do at home. Like I'd probably I'm at a position now where I've built as much muscle tissue I've ever had in my life, um, just from working at home. I mean, I think that's a thing you can still make progress at home; it's just not going to be as quick. Yeah. So I think it'll be interesting to see what happens when when gym's open back up. I mean, for me, I'll be diving straight back in and just bury and <laughs> just burying myself for a couple of weeks in the gym. Yeah, just put yourself in the bin, like. Yeah, that's it, mate. And then um, I, I think the only time I'll probably use our home gym is is either one when like wanting to film some content or two like when we're allowed to go out and do shit again and travel and do whatever is we've got if we have got some like busy days um when he's kind of get in and out i'll probably pop down there do a workout and then crack on and go out and whatever rather than obviously driving to the gym doing a workout driving back so probably more out of convenience i might just use the home gym every now and again what about yourself
0: yeah i like even though i on the spot mate i haven't been in my gym in weeks months just because I have a, I have a decent enough setup at home, like I've i pretty much got a mirror image of what you got you have plus yeah. a a concept two bike, and it's just it's grand. It does the job.
1: So you haven't even been going into your gym? No. Um, Actually, I know I know a couple of people who own gyms like that. Um, because my I don't even know my mate Nick. Um, who did a lot of the campaigning uh, for. Capo. Yeah, yeah, he did a lot of the campaigning for the gyms to Like he wasn't even really training. Um, and he's got that he's got that big gym in. It's got a sick gym. On the world, yeah, great gym. Um, for him, it was more so like he just said it felt weird, Mm -hmm. like in the environment was strange because I think that's the reason why a lot of people go to gyms because they like having that environment. It's nice to bump into other people, it's a social, social place. It's like it feels like a place where you can like lock into what you do and focus a little bit being an environment which is like geared towards that, and when you're on your own, you just kind of lose all that, I suppose. So I I get I get it.
0: Yeah, no. I just didn't want to drive
1: <laughs> <Just> <laughs> it, I, the convenience for a lot of people is fucking great we're lazy aren't we but at the end of the day if, we, yeah. if any ways we can shave time off then it's it's ideal
0: yeah if you can instead of like kind of taking that what 10-15 minute spin up like I can like right I'll take those 15 steps downstairs do the sesh and then come back up to the laptop afterwards
1: stinking yeah I mean just sitting in your fucking PJs and your flip flops I've done a couple of two. workouts have you like wearing your granddad's slips? I mean I've, I've literally did mine before I've still got them on now <laughs> So, like, I always <laughs> just crack on with it. I mean, I try and put gym kit on now because this is something that I advise a lot of people to do. I feel like if you really demotivated the training, obviously when you're eating, sleeping, working, shitting in the same place, yeah, it's it's hard to, like, create those parameters of, like, the air of, I think, if you can, like, create space and, and differentiate those those spaces. And by one of the ways of doing that is obviously just changing your your kit. So if you're going from, like, lounging around then walking straight into your gym, it doesn't really like create that environment for you to be able to do shit. And I mean, it depends like what sort of person you are. I mean yeah. I-, I could I could train anything and, and crack on because I'm I'm not looking at motivation. I'm I'm dedicated as you are to, to training and the purposes that, that surround it. But for a lot of people, it's it's good to kind of like put on your gym kit, have your shoes ready, make a coffee or pre-workout, put a playlist on. Then you're kind of in that zone of right, like, I'm almost like about to go to the gym. And that's what it feels like. Yeah, no, I completely agree, mate. And like and some and some
0: people in that, like like you have your gym in a separate room too, where you like yourself and Luz kind of chill out. Like same yeah. as like we we Asher and I, my wife, we kind of sit in the back room kind of where the kitchen is, but the front room is like the gym. Yeah. So we're not in that room all the time. So I can go in and like all right, cool, this is different. But some people are literally working, eating, sleeping, and
1: then training yeah. in the same room. Yeah, I mean, I was in lockdown one. We all oh, let's say in lockdown one, all I had was one one dumbbell 20 kilos and a kettlebell, which is like 32 kilos, which you can't fucking do a lot with a 32 kilo dumbbell apart from rower. Yeah, just literally um, rows. Yeah. So I I hated lockdown one. And in the end of lockdown one, I ended up jibbing training off like two or three weeks. I was like, it's it's damaging me more mentally to kind of like be pulling myself through these crap workouts. And I was doing some stuff like I went to the park and I did pull ups for fifty minutes and ended up doing like six hundred and twenty-five pull ups. I was like, "Fuck, it. I'm just gonna try and challenge myself. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this." My elbow's still not been the same since. I've yeah, got like
0: still bad, are right?
1: Yeah, I've got like tendonitis, tendonitis on, my, on my elbow now, just because the amount of volume from that one thing it's just been so tight ever since. So that's, that's one of the things that I've noticed quite a lot of. There's probably been more injuries from home training than there, than there has with any other stuff. I don't oh, know if you, you may have seen this seen the same sort of thing.
0: Yeah, no, I've I felt a few little uh little niggles, little niggles. And it's more so like a little, little fuck ups, like kind of not putting the like obviously the, the adjustable squat rack. Like I've got squat stands, I know you have the, the pulley yeah. apart rack. So like they're not perfectly spaced apart sometimes. Yeah. And I have the bar on and I put plates on one side and mate, <laughs> <whoosh.
1: laughs> <And laughs> that's so dangerous when that happens. Isn't it? If you've <laughs> got your face near the other end, mate, you can say bye to your fucking nose. Yeah, good luck, you're gone and like, who was it was it
0: jamie alderson like he dropped a bleeding bar on his nose there a few weeks ago
1: did he yeah see jamie used to coach me when i first started did he yeah yeah he was um when i did my first show my first and only show in like first and only show yeah 2020 (laughs) whatever it was when i was like 21 he um he prepped me for like 14 16 weeks wow yeah he's a good guy how'd you get on that one I enjoyed. I, well, I say I enjoyed it. It was. It was. It was good. It was good to challenge myself. I think that's the thing. A lot of time with. I know we're going off a bit of a tangent, but like yeah, with, with with bodybuilding and if you want to do a show or anything, I, you can always advise people. But at the end of the day, people need to kind of like try stuff to see how they feel from doing it. Because some people may love it and they'll do it in a healthy way. Um, for me, I just saw straight away it was it was developing like unhealthy habits. Yeah. Um. And obviously you have to be so restrictive of what you're doing. And that's where I suppose like some of my disordered eating started creeping in from when I was doing shows. And this is the the um a similar story for a lot of people as well. And I did the show for like sixteen weeks and straight after it. I as soon as the day I finished the show, I just literally nailed so much food and like went on the biggest binge ever. I'd put on like fourteen pounds by the next day. Obviously not body fat, it was just Yeah, yeah it's lots of water and shit. glycogen, water, a load of food and my GI trap. Um and I was just like, it's just not a healthy thing for me to do. And then I think off the back of that, you probably saw a lot of it on Instagram and stuff as well. You had people creating pages which were literally like making cakes and biscuits and cookies for people post show. You had know, things called like the bikini baker and stuff like that. And it was literally people just profiting off people bingeing. People started eating, yeah. Yeah. Um, for post shows. So I did that, and like I sacrificed so much of my life. Like I sacrificed like a lot of um my previous relationship. I sacrificed my last year at uni pretty much. Um, I didn't spend a lot of time with family. I was go- I remember going out a couple of nights with mates and obviously not drinking. And I'd usually drive and park the car up, like in the car park, if we were out like two in the morning somewhere. I'd yeah. be fucking walking back to my car and eating like fit cold fish and asparagus out the back of the tub where like 2 a.m. I was like, what sort of fucking life is this? It's just, it, it just there's load of shit that come with it. And for some people, like they love it. It just wasn't for me though. That's why I did one show. Tick the box, experienced it, and I was like, yeah, it's just it's not for me and what I'm about. Yeah, no, nah.
0: like, I never did the shows and, like, I definitely did some stupid ass shit regarding diets, like, some dumb, dumb stuff, like, up. I, like I Googled, um, like, do you remember Ryan Reynolds when he was in the Blade movie? Yes. Like, yes, yes right? So, I Googled that diet and my dumb ass, right? So, uh, as it's breakfast, it was, uh, what was it? Applesauce and oatmeal. Apple sauce and oatmeal right now my dumbass followed it to the letter I didn't mix the oatmeal with water and milk I just had dry ass oatmeal
1: <laughs> <laughs> I had fun. I, I may as well have been having wallpaper paste oh my God, sounds is, is that is apple sauce like the sort of thing that you put in like apple pie yeah yeah it was sure yeah okay
0: yeah oh, I was pretty rank actually hang on two uh, yeah so the doorbell rang there again yeah that's what i'll call it okay <laughs> that's what i'll call it um that nah, mate i like i completely forgot what i was speaking about there anyways but well it, we're only we're on, like the bodybuilding room oh, we're chatting about my stupid fucking diet yeah with the wallpaper incredible. paste. yeah yeah mate like I, i've done that like and that's only the tip of tip of my iceberg like um now yeah, we'll, we'll like we'll briefly touch on this side like, because you did cover this fairly heavy on your um on your instagram there last week mm-hmm. it was was it is a national was it was it or is it national
1: yeah it's it's nationally in disorder week this week they i been very loud um so i've obviously had previous experience of eating disorders i think that, like i said then and my disorder eating sort of kicked off from the the whole bodybuilding show um i was doing some shit with, with that i was doing like things because i was so restrictive with dieting not in regards to calories i was on like a fairly good calorie intake to be fair it was just that I crave stuff because I was eating such bland meals with nothing on. Um, so I was craving like something a bit more sugary every now and again. So I'd like end up going in the cupboard, getting like a jammy Dodger, chewing it and then spitting it out just so I could get the taste of it. And I didn't, re- for me though, at the time I was like, I didn't really say that as the sort of because you're just like, Oh yeah, whatever. I'll just fucking do it. Um, and then I think as it got further and further through life, I did a- this cutting period like two years ago. And it was probably the most restrictive I've ever been with cutting periods. So for me, I'm, um, I'm like a fairly substantial bloke. Um, yeah, <laughs> Well, <laughs> you said it, not me. Um, <laughs> I was on like eighteen hundred, seventeen hundred calories some days. Um, I was working with another coach at the time. Yeah. And because I used to do that when I was in a company, like I'm working with a coach myself at the moment. So I did it. Yeah, you got you got to keep accountable some way, especially when you're dealing with so many other people. Especially if you've got a long term goal, but. I was in, like, 1,700 calories. And because I being so restrictive, I got into this really weird habit of getting up in the middle of the night and eating. And this slowly developed into a disorder called NES. So it's called nighttime eating syndrome. Mm. And it's basically where it's almost that you get up in the middle of the night and it's subconscious. So it's, it's almost like sleepwalking because you don't really semi-notice like you're awake um, or you can't stop yourself anyway. So some mornings I'd wake up with, like, a, like blood in my mouth and a bloody throat because you're not properly conscious. You don't chew foods properly. Um, you are just like swallowing. And like, I'd come up some mornings and like show shit on the side in the kitchen. And it was like probably random foods that you'd never put together. Like a fucking Twix with some mayo and crap like that. It was so weird. Like, um, pregnancy and it, was like- yeah. And this went on for like a year. And obviously like when you're a health and fitness professional, I dieted like pretty hard and I trained really hard. And then, Basically, everyone was getting fucked up at night time because I'd just be nailing about a thousand calories. So then I started restricting myself even more the day after to try and make up for these calories yeah. that I was consuming at night. I'd do like an extra hour of cardio, 800 calories worth of cardio every single day. I was in this really bad cycle. I didn't even know I was really in it until I took a step back and started learning more. And this is why the National Eating Disorder Awareness Week is really important for me mm-hmm. because I had an eating disorder I didn't even know. And that was coming from like a health and fitness professional as well. I didn't even know I had an eating disorder because I had I had bulimia at that point. And I thought bulimia was only classified as bulimia if you were being sick. Yeah. But there's another form of bulimia called non-purge bulimia, which is where you use exercise the next day to purge instead of being sick to oh. get rid of the calories. So that's what I was doing. Um, and I couldn't stop it. And I got to a point where I was so frustrated with it. Um, especially because it was almost like a subconscious thing. So it wasn't like I was binge eating in the day and being like, oh, I was fucking effing up. It was something that was happening at night. But that was just because it was so restrictive in the day. So I went to my GP, um, tried to get some help from a GP with it. I mean, that, that's part of the, the main part of the issue. And I spoke to a lot of people on DMs, and there's actually a girl I'm speaking to at the moment who is really struggling because she's really, really needs help. Um, and her GP said, oh, at the moment, you're not light enough to be classified as the anorexic category and she's even saying like i'm on the verge of like really really yeah bad thoughts and i say no until you're this weight you can't get help so the parameters that are in place and the education that i think gps have on this from speaking to a lot of people and especially from my own experience isn't good enough to be able to advise people and there isn't enough help there for them to advise people on too yeah so i got fobbed off by my gp oh you just need to change your diet yeah well fucking nice one mate like I right. that's it, like telling it, someone who's depressed like just feel better yeah yeah sound that, it's, <laughs> that's exactly what it's like by the way and i in the end i was like fuck it i'll go and get help myself and i signed up to a therapist and did cbt for like a year so that helped a little bit um and then i read a book called brain over binge and this was the game changer for me um and i started reading it, started taking some of the action from the book and then it started happening less and less and less and less and less and less and then i started working with um a coach to keep myself about accountable because I needed to get my calories up and get away from this really bad psychological period that I was in. So I'm mm. bringing my calories up, and as soon as I started doing that, I stopped. I stopped getting up in the night and eating because I was, I was like my satiety was good i was i was kind of like getting the needs that i needed to in the day from my calories and my foods Foods became less of a priority i was just eating because i enjoyed it i was building muscle i was enjoying my workouts i've enjoyed dieting again And after a prolonged period of time it didn't just stop it wasn't like a light switch that yeah, turned yeah. It off it was like the scaling period of where like it was happening once a week then it happened every two weeks then it was happening like once a month and then it happened like once in six months sick um so i slowly got away with it but i got to a point where i was really 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 depressed of it because i just couldn't i felt like i tried everything and it not uh, it wouldn't go and i was getting to the point where i was having like really bad thoughts about like i just didn't even want to be anymore and Uh. there's all sorts of things and i think that's what people don't realize like eating disorders have the highest mortality rate of any mental health illness um and i was i did a podcast on it last week so there's some stats in like someone dies every 62 minutes from, from an from eating disorder so by the time we finish this podcast someone will have killed themselves from yeah from an eating disorder um females are a lot more susceptible, susceptible to it yeah there's like 70 million people worldwide who have an eating disorder one in 20 people at some point in their life will suffer from um an eating disorder and during 2020 there's a 66 percent increase in admissions through to the disorderly eating to hospitals. So I think that was massively due to lockdown as well. Obviously it it kind of heightened all these things for a lot of people. Yeah. And I think we won't really see the true effects of the eating disorders uh, until like maybe the end of this year into 2022, which is a really sad thing. And I think that's why there needs to be more awareness around it. And there needs to be more support for people because I think it's going to, it's going to really hit home towards the end this year and into next year, the people who will need the help after they've been for this period of time, because there's um, on average, most people will wait 149 weeks to get help once they find out about the eating disorder. And I think that's a lot of the time, that's especially for years. Exactly. mate. Especially for guys. I just don't think there's enough males talking about it. Cause I think for, uh, it's, for it's a lot not cool. Of people, like exactly. It's a bit of a taboo topic. So I think like talking about it on podcasts, talking about it on social media, putting tweets, whatever it is, the more that we can talk about it and, create some relatability about it and know that other people are in the same spot and have got through it is gonna help um a lot of people.
0: Yeah, mate. Like when you when you put that post up last week or the start the start of this week was. Yeah um, I was I was floored by the stats.
1: It's 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 horrible when you see some of them. And I don't I'm not I don't push them out there to be like, oh these like the negatives and this is what you need to avoid. It's just to again raise that awareness of like how detrimental they can be to people's lives and how serious we need to to be taking it because food is such a powerful thing and it can have such a control over people's life Mm -hmm. to the point where they're just miserable
0: yeah i like that's why that's why you're wearing it like you don't want to spout the the digits the facts the figures like every single day but that's why we have these like awareness weeks to kind of like just get out there if it was on your mind here we go here's a week to kind of go ahead and be a bit more receptive of it and you might see some kind of similar traits or yeah. symptoms in in your friend, your partner, your loved one. like
1: that's exactly the thing. I think if you if you have the awareness, even if you don't have an eating disorder, I think it makes it easier. And especially for us as coaches, we can spot those traits of where people might be developing it. Um and we can try and get to it early, or we can advise people like, you should really be getting help because this is this is disorderly eating. Hmm. I think the other thing is hard is that even for myself, I can't advise people on stuff because I'm not qualified to be able to advise people on eating disorders. And I think that's the thing that I sometimes find frustrating is that I've had so many DMs about it. And obviously, I'll put I'll point people in the right direction of resources and where they can go to to be able to get the correct advice and support. Um, but I can't advise people. I can only give people my experience of it because I'm not qualified to do so. But at the moment, me and Lucy are just in our um part one of completing the sword of leading qualification so that then we can advise people on stuff oh class um so that's something that i'm really looking forward to and again it's i don't want to i don't want to coach anyone um no i of like make financial gain from it i just want to be able to when when people ask me about it have the experience backed up by the practical knowledge to be able to say to people this is what you can do this is yeah. what will help um so that, that's something that i'm really looking forward to to be able to help more people with that sort of thing as well that's pretty sick and it's cool like that you and lou
0: are going ahead and doing it doing it together like that the two years can kind of like and she can notice notice things and help a girl like might drop her a message say here blah 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 she, yeah 100% she may not feel comfortable messaging herself like
1: yeah and, i think that i think that's the other thing is like obviously it, it's one of those things where i mean a lot of females have messaged me about it but it seems to be more guys i think obviously guys you probably feel comfortable to, talking to me and i would imagine some females will probably be be more comfortable speaking to Lucy about it, so um, I suppose, yeah, in some respect, it kind of covers both both sides of the coin. True, I was gonna say something
0: else, but I'm not gonna say, it. I'll say it to you afterwards. I think you know what I'm gonna say, though, <laughs> yeah,
1: we'll keep, keep that one in the books. <laughs>
0: uh, Ben, we're, we're, Ben, you're we're coming up on what an hour now, and I know you're a very, very busy man. Um, and, and, and he, oh, actually, here's one just to finish on, like. For someone on the fence about going ahead and joining a gym, like like should they run to the gym or would you push them to say, like like when they reopen, just kind of go slow a little bit?
1: My my advice would be to – it depends. Like I think you've got to look at your goals. Mm. And if you're, for example, someone – a guy, okay, the goal is to I want to try and build some more muscle tissue and get in better shape. You then go look at, okay, what have I got at home to play with? Because you've got to, you've got to, you need the right tools for the job, and you're not going to be able to make that progress from home, and you're probably going to end up getting frustrated. Boy. Yeah. My advice would be just for for most people, for most clients, I'm going to be saying to go back to the gym. Obviously, I'm not pushing anyone because it's got to be on your own terms and when you feel comfortable to do so. Mm. Um, but at the end of the day, for me, I'm going to be going back because it's it's a case of like, how long am I going to go back and forth for before I can start to live my life life normally? Exactly. i would push I'll push most people to go back to the to the gym. Um, but then saying that, what I'd be doing for a lot of people is kind of trying to follow some kind of bridge program and not jump in the deep end with it. So I think especially when you go back into the gym first off, you're gonna to need to like look at your RPE, scale that back a little bit, not be trying to go in and do what you're doing previously. Because we're gonna have this like two to four week pindo pindo, what the hell the pindo? Oh. Window, <laughs> where you are going to be like hyper responsive anyway, not, it's not going to be like newbie gains, but you're going to have this period of where you are going to be quite hyper responsive to stuff because you're not used to using machines and moving that kind of load. So we can, we can take advantage of this period when we go back into the gym and really scale training to be able to make the most out of it and get back to the point that we were at as, as efficiently as possible. I think the main thing is, is don't try and go in and, um, look to be sore because I think a lot a lot of people will go I oh, was fucking a my workout today to the point where I can't even sit down and wipe my arse anymore and people and we know from, from previous experience br- bros love that kind of stuff are just yeah. being sore as shit but, but especially in the first week or two if you're not able to go in the next week the next um, day or two and, and give it give yourself a good session because you're so sore that is going to mitigate training it's not going to make, make it any more beneficial so I think scale and stuff is going to be the biggest thing go back in Enjoy the training sessions, probably pull volume back a little bit as opposed to what it was previously, pull RP back a little bit and slowly scale your way back in. Um, The same with like strength, strength is a skill. So generally when we look at stuff, people will probably get back to the previous strength they were at. It usually takes 50% of the time. So you've been out for like 12 weeks. It might take six weeks to get back to that peak point. So it will happen. It's just a case you've got to be a bit more strategic with it, and you, I think you've got to have a program to stick to. If you're gonna go in and wander around and fuck about, you're not gonna make any any progress. I think if you're gonna go back in, go in with a program where you can scale back into into um into training would be would be my view, mate. Yeah, I, I and I love that term. Strength is a skill. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. I think I, I think that's the biggest frustration for most people. And it's probably probably be the same for me and you when you go back in you would like for fuck's sake i was i was doing like twice this before i left and i think if you if you don't realize that that will come back um yeah. as long as you scale it then that's what causes a lot of people to go do you know oh fuck i can't be honest because i've lost motivation because i wasn't in the place i was before savage uh bad man benji great talking to you buddy it was great speaking to you mate thanks for having me on cheers bud